Hello, and welcome to day two of biohacking gifts. Today is really cool. We are kind of getting into the tech side of things, and I am featuring Hypo Air. This is their product. It's called Air Angel. For everybody listening on the podcast, this is a air filter, air purifier, one of the best on the market, in my humble opinion. So if you want to enter the giveaway, it is now live on my Instagram account at biohackingbrittany. The giveaway is up for seven days. So go ahead and enter. It will be linked in the show notes. It will be linked in the description of this video. If you want to check out the product and use my discount code and buy it anyway, you are more than welcome to do so. But this is my favorite. I use this. You can see it here. I'll just show it on video. I use this actually in my bathrooms. I have one bathroom that is prone to mold. And so this is basically where I use it the most because I'm kind of really concerned about the black mold that grows in my shower. And this really helps. And we get into that in the interview today. We go through the science behind it, go through how it works, and it's really helpful. So if you have a place in your house that's kind of prone to mold, or you have a very high humidity, like depending where you live, these types of air purifiers are actually really helpful for that. So check it out. This is Air Angel by Hypo Air and come back tomorrow for day three. Okay. Welcome to another day of 12 days of biohacking gifts. Today is really cool. We are diving into everything. Yeah. We are diving into everything, clean air, purifying air, and how we can do that at home using a device like Air Angel which is right here. You can see it from a company called Hypo Air. So David, you are from the company. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. So I am super curious how your company or the company Hypo Air in general got started with this. What was kind of like the kicking off point where you're like, this is an issue that we want to tackle? Yeah. Yeah. So I actually work on like the investment side. So we invest in different technologies. So Hypor is one of those investments, but we have other ones related to water purification, various manufacturing. And about 15 years ago, 10, 15 years ago, we invested in the technology behind Mm Hypor and we saw, look at all the ways you could apply this to make the world better. And for years, we tried to convince a lot of commercial applications that they needed air quality. And that was a hard thing to tackle because our technology is very relevant to hospitals, to food Mm -hmm. processing, to refrigerated transportation, to casinos, all this kind of stuff. A lot of those companies don't care about air quality, sadly, and it was very hard to convince them. But over the years, we found that those people that know they have air quality issues and are really looking for performance and solutions, we have unique technologies and we can kind of share that story and and provide solutions that help people. But yeah, initially we thought, wow, look at all the huge applications, but it's a little hard to convince some people in these corporations to apply it. But yeah, COVID really changed things for us because for years we were talking to hospitals about dealing with bacterial control, active sanitization, introducing natural purification methods. And they didn't care. And then when COVID hit, they're like on Google trying to figure out like, how do you kill a virus? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, here we are. Happy to help you. But yeah, so we work with a lot of homes, but a lot of businesses. We've been doing this for a long time. So Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. I I think a lot of people in the health and biohacking space really care about air quality and basically care about quality, I would say, for everything, like even water, just because a lot of people are very aware of the different toxins that are in our air at this point. Yeah. So. Typically, like what type of air quality do you hear? Do you see see? And like, what are, what's the average person kind of dealing with in their home today? 
So like average and on average, our homes are significantly worse than the outdoor air. So mm-hmm. like even if you're in a city, the indoor air is worse. For biohackers, I would say it's one piece of the puzzle mm-hmm. and it's often a little bit further down on the list. So you might go with like food and water and then air is kind of like something you need know you need to deal with. For some people, it has a much bigger impact. So we work with a lot of clients that have like extreme mold toxicity, for instance, severe respiratory issues. It can become a lot of things. And we've seen a lot of horror stories over the years. Basically every week we hear those, but on average, your indoor air is essentially, if you think of it as we make our homes energy efficient. So we try to seal them up tight so we can cool them or heat them. But when we do that, we trap everything inside. Yeah. And for the most part, there is no counterbalance. There's no mitigation. So if you introduce a contaminant, it's kind of stuck there until you get rid of it. Outside, there's all kinds of natural mitigation that takes place. So something like mold is natural outside, but when mold finds its way in into a, this kind of this sterile, unnatural environment that most homes are, well, now it can grow and become extremely concentrated. And then you're trapping mm-hmm. all the contaminants, like the gases, the mycotoxins, the spores. Mm-hmm. Now you've trapped them inside and there's nothing that's fighting against it. So you get really unnatural concentrations. But things like off-gassing from paint, furniture, cleaning products. That's basically every home. Particulates, of course, with some degree or another. The closer you are to a like a freeway, you're going to get finer and finer PM2.5 pollution. There mm. could be seasonal allergies. I'm in Southern California. There could be wildfires. So there's lots of things that are very geographic and unique to where you are in the time of year. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. I'm definitely like I live on the West Coast in Canada mm-hmm. and it's so rainy here all of the time. So I'm very much aware of mold inside the house, outside the house, on the patios, like just kind of everywhere. So if you have one of your products, like I have your Air Angel that I was just showing. If I put this in a room, how does it actually work to purify the air? Sure. So we have a bunch of different technologies we use. Air quality is not one size fits all. It's Mm -hmm. much more complicated than I think most companies kind of present. But Mm -hmm. the Air Angel has two of our technologies that give very broad spectrum coverage for a room about 300 square feet. Originally, our goal with the Air Angel was trying to find a solution for transportation. And that just kind of spiraled into hotel rooms, bedrooms, you know, offices. But originally it was thinking, okay, how can we deal with the air in a, a vehicle, an ambulance, a car, a boat, you know, an airplane? And so we tried to make it as compact as possible, but then we found that those people obviously wanted to take advantage of it, not just when they were driving. So then they were using it in hotel rooms, which is a huge application. And then they were taking it home with them because they wanted it in their home. So it kind of just became a more of a staple unit for us for a bedroom, but it uses two of our technologies and we can dive into the nitty gritty of that as much as we can. I would just kind of put it out there that we have a ton of resources on our website and we're happy to talk to you individually uh, because nice. some of this does get pretty complicated, but the Air Angel is our APCO technology and our polarization. With the polarization, we can kill something like mold on a surface outside of the unit. So that's a pretty unique. Mm. Yeah. So coming from the kind of just backing up a little bit, if you have something like mold on a surface outside of the unit, we can suppress its growth on that surface. Same within the air. So we're naturally changing the environment using polarization. A lot of people have heard the term ionizers. But mm-hmm. what that's referring to in general is a negative ionizer. So the problem with a negative ionizer is you're going to lead to ozone production and the buildup of static. And so the, the kind of the, there's a lot of 
implications of that. But on the most basic side, with static, you create a bubble of static around the unit. It can't travel very far, the ionization. This is polar ionization, so you're splitting water vapor into positive hydrogen, negative oxygen, and so you're able to interact with contaminants in the air throughout the space. We do the same thing with commercial buildings or in a, ho a hotel or a home where we'll install this technology inside the HVAC system, so the vents, so up mm. AC system, that's where mold likes to grow. We'll install there, but then you can yeah. purify the air throughout the building. So it has a basically <laughs> long range. And then the APCO technology, that's a different technology, but it adds more redundancies, uses hydroxyl radicals, germicidal light, some other aspects. But basically we want to deal with contaminants at the source if possible. And then we want to get the things out of the air that you would be breathing that would be affecting yeah. you. But it's more than just a physical filter that you would buy at Costco or Home Depot. Right. Those act more like a like a, a chain link fence, like it's going to stop the big stuff, but it's not going to affect things like chemicals or biologicals. Mm. So you need other tools to deal with those. So yeah, yeah, I that's really interesting. Like I have the I have the Dyson Air mm -hmm. Purifier, whatever that's called, and it's like a fan and it's a filter at mm -hmm. the same time. But I don't think, like you said, like I don't. Th I think it filters out the air, but I don't think it can actually help reduce mold that's already developed or reduce like specific chemicals or toxins that are in the air. So it's interesting that you've like taken a concept to almost the extreme and like how clean can we get the air that's in the average house, yep. you know? Yeah. And filters are always going to have a place, you know, they're like yeah. a vacuum for your air. So it's, if you think of a vacuum, it's sucking things out of the carpet. Most yeah. air purifiers are a vacuum for your air. So they're, they're providing some quality of suction and some quality of filtration. So they have some mm. success rate. Typically that quality of filter is rated by a third party. And so there's a lot of like fancy marketing terms that they apply to that, but most of that's yeah. fluff. So there's a quality of filter, there's the thickness of that filter, and then there's the amount of air you're pushing through it. And with, so say you've got like dogs with big, with long hair, you have physical hair in the air. You're either gonna have to vacuum that up, it, you're gonna have to get rid of it. It's not gonna disappear. So right. there, there's some particulates in here you just need to get rid of. And so that's where physical filtration, vacuuming can come into play. But then there's everything else, chemicals, biological. Some of those things are too small. So like a human hair is 50 to 100 microns in diameter. You may have heard the term PM 2.5, that's 2.5 microns. Mm -hmm. But what we're talking about is typically 2.5 or much smaller. So these are very, yes. very tiny. And that means they're more penetrating to our lungs, to our natural defenses, as well as more penetrating to most filters. So right. Get through it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if you, I'm just like curious, what are the common symptoms that people have that you've seen who are having, who live in a place that has like poor air quality? Is it things like asthma, difficulty to breathe, that type of thing? Is it like rashes? Like how would it really appear for a lot of people? I mean, I would say that oh, I'm glad to see the number of doctors that are becoming more and more specialized in environmental toxins. And really, that's yeah. like ultimately a question to, to take to someone that yeah. can help you individually, because we see such a range of symptoms. And ultimately, we're environmental companies. So we want to reduce your exposure. But yeah. how those contaminants interact with us can be so individual. So like we'll see a lot of times you could have five people in a home. One person is severely ill. The rest seem to be fine. And so that air quality could be, you know, compounding with something else that you have going on in your body. And then you're reacting a certain way. But we, we see all the symptoms you described. We yeah. see bad sleep. We see forgetfulness. We see mm. tingling of the skin. We see 
like all kinds of crazy stuff as well. It could be something as simple as, you know, you feel sluggish or, you know, just kind of like a brain fog, but it's going to play out so differently with each of us and yeah. how our bodies react. Sometimes you're going to have allergic reaction. Sometimes your body's just being overwhelmed. So you need a space to actually detoxify, but it could be any number of things. And one of the tro- yeah. trouble that we have is most of the things in your air that we're, we care about, you can't smell, you can't see. And in some ways you can't interact with until it's basically too late. You know, like you're never going to see a virus or know if a virus is there. That's yeah. like an obvious example, but the same is true of a lot of things like chemicals and yeah. um, you know, even the finer particulates. It could take time for you to have that reaction. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, the only time I've really seen anything air wise is when we have fires in BC and the smoke comes down to the lower mainland and with the Dyson air filter fan that I have, there's an app and it'll show you like Vancouver's air quality right now is really low because of all of this stuff in the air and you can actually see it, but that is like very specific, like smoke from a fire Whereas like larger stuff or the clustered things like you can't exactly even see chemicals associated with that fire. Yeah. Um, one of the, one of the uh, as far as air quality data, I like Breezometer. Hmm. It's like a free software online. And basically they use satellite data, traffic, like a lot of basically overlaid metrics to estimate it versus oh. a lot of the air quality maps that you see have a single weather station that pulls in the air quality and then it gives mm. you a broad number for the city and that's just not realistic because if your home is next to the wildfire it's significantly worse or if your home is next to the freeway it's significantly worse so there's a lot of factors that you can't see in some of that data and uh, breeze meter seems pretty good but a lot Mm -hmm. of air quality sensors have a long way to go before they're accurate and affordable and we've rented multi-thousand dollar commercial meters that can't pick up anything in a casino uh, during like a Friday night. And that's because they're looking for like basically one chemical that's mm-hmm. not present. And then using that absence to guesstimate what else is there, but they're missing. Mm-hmm. There's really there. So mm-hmm. good long ways to go with air quality sensors. Yeah. A lot of times particulate sensors. So things that are looking for physical matter are pretty good and pretty affordable. Our favorite air quality sensor is a humidity sensor. So when mm-hmm. you check for humidity, you can really check for mold. So right. if you have pockets of humidity, you have mold, most likely. It's going to affect a lot of other air quality, but you can get a humidity sensor for $5. Yeah. Whereas I have commercial clients, they've spent $15,000 on one room. And wow. Aerospace company, they know what they're doing and they came in fine what they're looking for. So hmm. uh, it does get pretty complicated, but humidity is one of the easiest, basically, uh, you know, data points to look for. Yeah. In your look for air quality issues. Yeah. That's a great idea. Like I have a humidity sensor. What would you say, and I should probably write this down, but if I were to place that in my bathroom, let's say, which is like the most pl- like prone to mold, at least in my apartment anyway, what would you say the numbers should be if there is a lower chance of mold developing in that bathroom? Most people like between 40 and 60. Okay. And anything above 55, especially above 60, you're going to start to have mold. Okay. And one of the things that has helped me in the past is when I first got into air quality, I thought of it more like water, where if you put a color drop in a glass of water, it kind of spreads throughout the glass of water, like you do it with your kids. But with air quality, it's more like clouds. So you could have a bad humidity issue in your, your bathroom, yeah, on your bedroom. So sometimes you got to see 
what the air quality issues are in a specific part of your home, uh, really better understand because uh, it's not evenly distributed. Uh, right. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I should take my meter and put it in each room mm-hmm. for like one day per each room and write it down and then see where it's the worst, I guess. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's honestly, that's a pretty easy test to do, right? Like you buy the meter, it's whatever you buy it off of Amazon. Oh, you guys sell one as well. We have them too, um, but there's nothing fancy about ours. We just were yeah. big uh, advocates for it because it's, you know, instead of going and spending $1,500 with like a mold remediation company, like start there, you know, like this yeah. is journey, you can start somewhere. And sometimes you have a structural issue, like the way your mm. home was built was wrong. So like we've seen bathrooms where you've got a vent that's supposed to be pulling the humidity out, but that vent goes up and into a wall. It doesn't go anywhere. And so you're just pumping the humidity into your wall. Ooh. So sometimes your building, your office, your home was built. Yeah. And so sometimes you can find those issues. You might have a basement that has humidity problems, and then your furnace is located in your basement. So mm. in your basement, and then the furnace that's moving the air throughout your home is in your basement. Well, like those kind of things can contribute to definitely air quality problems. Right, right. And so what about just like opening your windows more often, opening your doors, like getting fresh air in? Like I know even for myself, when I work in my office, like when I open my door and leave it open for an hour in here, we have like a door out to the the yard. I feel like so much better, like more awake, just energized. And so like, how would that play into just air quality? Even if it's raining outside and it's really damp outside, is it still recommended to do that? So like the CDC estimates it's about two to five times worse indoors yeah. than outdoors. That's like average. Air quality outside could be 50 times worse during rush hour than the hour before. So it's a really dynamic question is really what I'm getting yeah. at. In general, though, opening your window is going to help dilute the contaminants inside. You're going to be vent contaminants outside. Our company is actually really actively filing some patents related to ventilation because most homes are not designed to have any fresh air. There's no source of fresh air. There's no source of exhausting air. They're just kind of a porous envelope. So Mm. your windows kind of open occasionally, your doors kind of leak a little bit. But even your HVAC system, if you have central air, a lot of times it's just moving the air around. It's not pulling air in from outside. There's a small percentage of homes that do. Commercial buildings in general are required by law to bring in outside air in a Hmm. minimum amount. Homes though, you know, it's kind of yeah. free So in general though, opening Seems- your window is good. We do have a few products that we're bringing out related to that. Right now we do have a window mounted filter where mm-hmm. can, uh, if you have a sliding window, you can put a filter in there and then close the window on the filter. And that way the area you're bringing in from outside, you're filtering out some of the you know, allergens, mm. some, of the, some of the particulates, but in general, it's going to be cleaner than what's inside. So it's yeah. very common for people to open their windows and feel better because yeah general is better air right? yeah yeah no kidding yeah we have like in my apartment there's a ton of windows and a ton of doors which is great and like our yard kind of wraps around the whole apartment but the only rooms that don't have windows or doors to outside are the two bathrooms and those are like the one bathroom that i have is the only place that i found that has mold in our entire apartment yeah. and i wonder if there was a window into that bathroom that I could have opened every single day if that mold would have even occurred in the first place, just to have like fresh air coming in there every day would have been great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
So I have, obviously, like I said, like I have your air angel right now. And something I always think about whenever I turn it on is trying to figure out where I should place it in my apartment. So what would you recommend for that? Should I do the room test in terms of humidity and then find the worst room and put it in there? Or like, what would you recommend? The easiest answer is start with your bedroom. Okay. So if you're trying to think about how do I purify the air throughout my life, it can kind of be a little overwhelming, but you want to make sure your bedroom is a safe place to recover. And that's, so that's like our number one priority of where to start. But from there, it's going to get probably more individualized. Like you and I would have a conversation to figure out how big your home is, where they're potentially, do you have any history with air quality problems and where, what would we prioritize? The kitchen is another source of the heavy contaminants in general, but there's a lot that would go into that answer. But in general, we'd say start with the bedroom and then go from there. We do have technology that can do an entire home just from converting your AC system into an air purifier. But otherwise you're going to need one unit per room. Mm -hmm. So either you need to have a central system or one unit per room that you're going to spend time in. And then we have some clients where you might use a unit in your bedroom while you sleep and then take it with you to the office. Yeah. And then maybe occasionally you put it in that bathroom. So there's ways to kind of maximize the coverage, but these are kind of separate spaces. Like you described, you know, you've got windows and parts of your home and it feels really good. And then in the same home, you've got rooms that don't feel good. Yeah. The air is connected and there's some mixing. They are kind of separate spaces. Yeah. 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 No, that's a really good idea. Right now I was leaving it in the bathroom that is prone to mold, but I also like the idea of putting it in the bedroom when you sleep, because obviously recovery is super important. Mm -hmm. So why not make the air cleaner? So there's less toxins for you to detox while you're sleeping when you're in there. But then I also think like I spend so much time in this office that Mm -hmm. it would be great to just have two units and like nighttime that's there, daytime it's here, I think Mm -hmm. would be like optimal. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So you can move it around. You can maximize it. In general, our philosophy is let's have 24 seven natural mitigation because you're 24 seven, you're going to have new contaminants. So there's always going to be something new that's coming into the space. We want to be naturally mitigating it all the time, but there's a lot of applications where like, if you're traveling to a hotel, you're stepping into a room that could be very dirty and then you got to leave the unit in there. Maybe go out to dinner, give it some chance to work. And now the, the air is, you know, hopefully significantly cleaner and sanitized. And so there's lots of applications where you can introduce it for a few hours a day, you know, move it around and then maximize the benefits that way. Yeah. Yeah. I just think it's super important in general to like reduce our toxic load. As you know, like toxins are just everywhere. Chemicals are everywhere at this point, not just in our air and water, but in our food, in our clothes, like in everything that we touch. And so it's almost overwhelming, actually, when you think about how much exposure we have on a daily basis. And then you're like, okay, what do I do to support detoxing all of that? And that just seems like a massive like job in itself, you know? Yeah. And it can be overwhelming. And I talk yeah. to a lot of people basically every week that are overwhelmed, but yeah. we see a lot of success with practical mitigation. Yeah. And you know, we often joke, you don't have to burn your house down because a lot of people kind of feel like uh, it's a lost cause, but yeah. you know, you're always going to have air quality challenges, but there are mm-hmm. ways that you can really take care of those and give your body a space to, to detoxify. So Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. I'm super excited that any, well, someone is going to win one of these and get cleaner air in their home. And if anyone wants to connect with you or buy one themselves, how can they do that? So hypeware.com, you know, is our site. There's 
150 articles on there. We have lots of products that we didn't talk about. And, you know, I'd encourage you just to go to like the contact us page if you have any questions and we can either answer your questions by email or we can schedule a call for one of us to jump on with you and answer your specific questions. Nice. Because I know there's a lot of information out there. It gets pretty confusing. You know, you saw this thing on TV. How does it compare? You know, whatever the questions are. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, we're happy to try to answer those and give you specific product recommendations because that's really what we believe in is uh, you know, specific products. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love that. That's awesome that you guys are willing to just like hop on calls with people and break it down. Cause like you said, it can be overwhelming and sometimes people just need to talk it out. Mm -hmm. For sure. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much.